brought a Bible, go please to the book of Romans. Si trajo su Biblia, vaya por favor conmigo a Romanos capítulo 16, el verso 19 y 20. We're going to read Romans chapter 16 tonight, verse 19 and 20. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 16, verse 19 and 20. Romanos capítulo 16, verso 19 y 20. The Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church, he writes in this way, he says, For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore I am rejoicing over you. But I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word of the living God, for this word which is life-giving, and we pray that today as we come to the word, you would speak to us by your holy inspired word and that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. I ask you as well to preach uh, to preach through me by the power of the Spirit, that all who hear may receive that word and bring maturity into their lives. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Puede tomar su lugar. I want to share with you from this, this passage of Scripture, because it is a promise from God for your life. Quiero compartir esta noche de este pasaje de la Escritura, porque es una promesa de Dios para su vida. How many of you know the promises of God? ¿Cuántos conocen las promesas de Dios? Uh, that was very weak. I said, how many of you know the promises of God? How many of you believe the promises of God? Uh, it is important for the believer to be aware of God's promises over his life. Es muy importante que el creyente entienda, reconozca las promesas de Dios sobre su vida. When we talk about promises in the human context, often the promises are taken as a sense of, uh, well, I hope so, and here is my word to ensure that it's going to happen. A veces cuando hablamos de promesas en el sentido humano, estamos diciendo lo que quiero hacer y espero poder hacer y estoy dando mi palabra para afirmar que lo voy a cumplir, pero las Promesas de Dios significan algo más. The, the promises of God represent something different. In the word of God, the word promise means a decree. En la, en la palabra del Señor, en, en el, uh, el, el idioma original, la palabra promesa significa decreto. So I want you to think about a king giving an order. Quiero que usted piense en un rey dando una orden and compare that to the human experience of a promise. Compare eso uh, with la experiencia humana. When a father says to his child, I'm going to take you to Disneyland, he means I'm going to take you to Disneyland as long as I can afford it, as long as uh, there are resources there, as long as all the things I have planned work out. But when God says, I am going to do this in your life, he is with his word making the thing that he has spoken happen in your life. It is a decree from the almighty king of heaven. Las promesas de Dios son decretos. 
De tal manera que cuando Dios habla, lo que Él ha dicho se forma y se cumple al pie de la letra porque su promesa es el decreto del Rey soberano del cielo. Entonces es menester que cada uno de ustedes reconozca las promesas de Dios. It's important then for every one of you to know the promises of God. And here tonight we have a promise from God. Aquí esta noche tenemos una promesa de Dios. This promise comes by the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome. And he says to them, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Dice él la, la promesa del Señor que el Dios de paz pronto atará a Satanás bajo de nuestros pies. Esta es una promesa de parte de Dios hacia cada una de nuestras vidas que él pondrá a Satanás bajo nuestros pies. This is God's promise to you that he is going to crush Satan under your feet. Now I want you to memorize this verse if you haven't already done so and I want you to, uh, to put it into your heart because it is God's promise for you every day of your life and in every situation of your life. Esta es la promesa de Dios para cada día de tu vida y para cada situación de tu vida. So I want to deal with this tonight because I want you to know and understand how it is that you can walk daily and keep Satan under your feet. Yo quiero que usted entienda esta noche cómo usted puede mantener teniendo a Satanás bajo de sus pies. Listen, church, there's only one place where Satan belongs in your life. Hay solamente un lugar donde Satanás pertenece en su vida y ese lugar es bajo de los pies del de creyente. That place is under the feet of the believer. Somebody should say amen. Satan does not belong over your head, bringing you pressure. He does not belong on your shoulder, speaking doubt and fear into your, um, into your ear. He does not belong in your hand, leading you to do evil. He does not belong on your feet as shoes, uh, taking you in the direction of ungodliness. He belongs under your feet, and he belongs there forever, because that is where God has destined him to be. Somebody say amen. Satanás pertenece no en el oído del creyente para que escuche su voz no sobre la cabeza del creyente para que sienta la presión de Satanás sino bajo de sus pies so how do we live daily in that revelation como vamos a vivir diariamente en esa realidad well first of all I want you to understand this you must first understand the victory of Christ over Satan para que usted y yo caminemos con Satanás bajo nuestros pies. Primero tenemos que entender la victoria del Señor Jesucristo sobre Satanás. Now, we read first of all about this truth in the book of Genesis. Primero leemos sobre esta verdad en el libro de Génesis. In the very first prophecy given in the word of God, God told Eve that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. En el primer la primer profecía que encontramos en la palabra del Señor, Dios le dijo a Eva, eh, eh, el pie o eh, el, el, la simiente de la mujer irá a la cabeza de la serpiente. Él estaba hablando del el Mesías. He was speaking about the Messiah. 
He was telling us that the Messiah was going to come. And the Messiah was going to crush the head of the serpent who had deceived man. Este Mesías vendría y él iba a herir la cabeza de esa serpiente, la cual había uh, provocado el hombre al pecado. So, from the very beginning, Satan's destiny had already been determined. Desde el principio, el destino de Satanás ya estaba determinado. But now, it was required that this Messiah should come. Ahora era requerido que este Mesías viniera. Y al venir este Mesías, él iba a cumplir lo que se había profetizado. So the Messiah had to come and fulfill what had been spoken over the world by God in the Garden of, of Eden. And so Jesus came. And Jesus lived a sinless life. Jesús vino. Y Jesús vivió la vida perfecta. La vida sin pecado. Listen, friends. What gives Satan power in your life is, is sin. Lo que le da a Satanás poder en tu vida es el pecado. It's sin that gave him power in Eden. It's sin that gave him power over the world. And it is sin that gives Satan power in your life. And so Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. That means Satan has no power over Jesus. He had no power over the Messiah. He had no power over Christ. Satanás no tuvo poder sobre a Jesús porque Jesús vivió una vida sin pecado. Y porque él vivió una vida sin pecado, se le, se le llegó Satanás para tentarlo. Satan came near him to tempt him, but he could not tempt him. He could not cause him to sin because he was the sinless son of God. No lo pudo provocar al pecado porque él era el hijo de Dios perfecto y sin pecado. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. Why? Because the first Adam came. The first Adam was tempted by the devil. And the first Adam sinned. But the second Adam came. The second Adam was tempted by the devil. And the second Adam did not sin. The first Adam sinned and all died. The second Adam did not sin. And all who believe in him will live. Somebody shout amen if you know that I'm talking about Jesus, the son of the living God. He is the second Adam, and he is the last man. He is the victor over Satan and over every power of darkness. Jesús es el segundo Adán. Él es el que vino y vivió la vida perfecta. El primer Adán vino, fue tentado por Satanás y cayó en el pecado. Pero el segundo Adán fue tentado también por Satanás, pero no cayó en el pecado, sino que él venció el pecado. Y nos ha dado vida eterna a los que venemos a Dios mediante de su sangre. Entonces, ¿cómo es que él cumplió esta promesa? How is it that Jesus fulfilled this promise? He lived a sinless life and then he went to the cross. And on the cross, he gave his life as a ransom for man. En la cruz, Jesús dio su vida en rescate por el hombre. And so, we read in the book of Colossians, chapter 2 and verse 15. Leemos en Colosenses capítulo 2 y el verso 15 lo que Jesús hizo en la cruz. What did Christ accomplish on the cross? Colossians 2.15 says this, that he disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he made a public display of them having triumphed over them in Christ. 
Dice la, la escritura que Jesús en la cruz desarmó a Satanás y a las autoridades del de de enemigo y lo avergonzó públicamente habiendo vencido sobre él en la cruz. I want you to look at those words because in order to live with Satan under your feet, you need to understand what Jesus has already done. And what has Jesus done? Number one, he has disarmed the devil. Say, the devil has been disarmed. What does that mean? ¿Qué significa esto? That means somebody walks up to you with a weapon and you go and you, uh, you use your, your martial arts on them. Uh, you use your, your skills on them and you take that weapon out of their hand and now you have disarmed them. Jesus went to the cross and he disarmed the devil. What was the devil's weapon? The Bible says that the devil's weapon was death itself. And so Jesus went to the cross, and when he died on the cross, he disarmed the devil, and he took the weapon of death out of his hand so that it is no longer able to destroy your life or my life. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the victory of Jesus. Jesús fue y le desarmó al diablo la arma de Satanás en la muerte, pero Cristo lo ha desarmado llevando de él esa arma. The Bible says that with death itself, He defeated the devil. Con la muerte misma, él venció a la muerte. He disarmed him. And what else did he do? He not only disarmed him, but he disarmed all of the authorities. Listen, there are demonic authorities in every region of the world. There are demonic authorities that rule and reign by the power of the devil. But friends, those authorities are subject to the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has disarmed every last one. And there is no demon, there is no devil that can stand against the name of Jesus, not now and not forever, because Jesus Christ has disarmed every rule and every authority. Listen, church, whatever demonic authorities reign over Beville, in the name of Jesus, they have to bow and submit to the authority of the precious name of Jesus. And whatever authority the enemy has against your life, it is broken the moment you call on the name of Jesus. That is why it's important for you and I to live close to God, to live a godly life so that we do not give to the devil any authority in our life, so that we don't give him any room in our life. But if he takes any authority or any room, that room is broken, that authority is broken the moment you call on the name of Jesus. The second thing Jesus did to the devil is that he publicly embarrassed him. Dice la escritura que él lo avergonzó públicamente. Say, Jesus embarrassed the devil. Do you realize that on the cross, Jesus put the devil to shame? Es sobre la cruz, Jesús hizo públicamente un espectáculo de Satanás. He turned him in to the biggest defeat of all of history. Lo avergonzó de tal manera que lo hizo el más gran, la, la más grande derrota de toda la historia humana. Listen, friends, there's a day coming when the Bible said that Jesus is coming back to the earth. And when he does, he's going to send an angel and he's going to bind the 
devil and throw him into pits of darkness and pits of hell. And he is going to bind him with chains. Listen to the comparison here. When Jesus comes back for the church, he's coming back personally for you and me. But when he deals with the devil, he's not going to get his hands dirty. He's going to send an angel to go and deal with him because he's already been disarmed and he's already been embarrassed because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus made a public display of him. The defeat of Satan was not done in a corner. It was not done in some private room. The defeat of Satan was done publicly. Satan thought, I'm going to humiliate the Son of God publicly. I'm going to hang him on a cross naked publicly. I'm going to embarrass his good name publicly. But friends, he didn't realize that Jesus was going to rise from the dead publicly and that he was going to ascend to heaven publicly and that he is going to come back to the earth publicly. Come on, somebody. He has disarmed the ruler and the authority of this world. And he has made a public display of him, having, number three, triumphed over him. Numero tres, dice ahí, que ha triunfado sobre él. Say that with me. Jesus has triumphed over the devil. El ha triunfado sobre el diablo. That means that he has conquered the devil. El ha conquistado, el ha, el ha dominado a Satanás. Now, you and I, need to know this because in order to have victory over the devil and over the schemes of the devil every day, in order to walk daily with the devil under your feet, you need to know that the devil has been disarmed. You need to know that the devil has been ashamed. And you need to know that the devil has been triumphed over through Jesus Christ. Why do I need to know that, preacher? First of all, you need to know it because when the devil shows up, he's going to try to scare you. He's going to try to intimidate you. He's going to try to provoke you into fear. He's going to try to get you to forget who God is. He's going to huff and puff. He's going to blow. And he's going to try to make you think that he's stronger than he is. A lot of people think that the devil is omniscient, that he knows everything. They think that the devil is all-powerful, that he has all power. They think that he's omnipresent, that he can be everywhere at once. I want you to know that the devil does not know everything and the devil does not have all power and the devil cannot be everywhere at once. Only God is omnipresent. Only God is omniscient and only God is all powerful. Say amen somebody. And so the devil is going to try to make you believe that he's already got you in his hands. He'll tell you I'm going to kill you. He'll tell you this disease is going to kill you. This problem is going to kill you. And what, what you don't Realize often when that happens that we cower in fear. We don't realize that if the devil could do it, he would have done it already. But he hasn't done it because he can't. Say amen, somebody. He hasn't done it because he can't. And until you and I walk in this assurance, whenever the devil shows up in our life, we'll cower and we'll be afraid. But when you and I have this assurance, he can knock on your door and you won't shiver a bit because you know that he has been disarmed and that there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper because you are a child of the living God and the devil has been disarmed in Jesus' name. Say amen, somebody, if you believe that this evening. So it's important for you to know who Jesus is and what he has done to Satan. That He has completely destroyed him vanquished him. Every time that I have had to deal with someone who was demon possessed, I have had these things readily in my mind. 
And often I, I have committed to memory Colossians 2.15 because often when I have had to deal with somebody who was demon-possessed, I will quote this scripture and I will remind the devil and I will tell him, look, devil, you're going to come out of this person and you're going to come out today. And you're going to come out in the name of Jesus. And this is why. Because Jesus already disarmed you. And he already defeated you. And he has put you to shame. And he's going to put you to shame again. And I command you to come out of them in Jesus' name. And I have seen people delivered from demonic possession over and over and over again. Why? Because Jesus Christ has done it, friends. All you and I have to do is stand in the authority of what he has already accomplished for us at the cross. And so when you and I are confronted by the enemy, we don't have to fear. We don't have to cower. What do we have to do? Keep walking. Keep going in the direction of your victory. Keep going in the direction of your peace. Keep going in the direction of your glorious uh, inheritance in Christ. Why? Because Jesus has already put the devil under your feet. Now I want to get to the next point. How do we keep the devil under our feet? Number one, we need to understand who Jesus is and what he has done to the devil. Number two, we need to obey God. Say obey God. Listen to what Paul says. He says, the report of your obedience has reached to all. Paul was saying to the Roman church, you are well known and well regarded for being a church that does the will of God. You walk with God and it is well known. Unfortunately, if you read the next letter to the Corinthians, they had a whole other reputation. And so they had a whole other set of problems. But to the Roman church, he says, you have a good reputation, and your reputation is that you obey God. Pablo le dice a la iglesia de Roma, ustedes tienen una reputación, tienen una, un, un imagen público, un testimonio público, que ustedes obedecen a Dios. Esto no era cierto para todas las iglesias, pero era cierto para esta iglesia. Y a, por, por a, 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 a tocante de esto, Él les da la promesa de Dios. And so, because of this, because of their obedience, because of their commitment to the will of God, he says, God will soon put Satan under your feet. Now, I want you to see the connection there. Ahora, note usted la conexión ahí. Satan will only respect your authority if you are under God's authority. Say amen, somebody. Satanás solo va a respetar tu autoridad Si tú estás bajo la autoridad de Dios, if you are not under God's authority, if you are not walking in obedience to God, Satan has no reason to believe or to uh, listen to what anyone says. Satanás no tiene que obedecer y no le importa oír a una persona que le dice, salte de aquí, y esa persona no está caminando con Dios, no está obedeciendo a Dios. The Bible tells us about the sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. These men try to cast out a devil. But these men weren't walking with God. They weren't living in, in covenant with God. And so when they try to cast out the devil, the scripture says that uh, the, the devil, the demon, spoke back to them and said, he said, uh, you, uh, he said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, 
but who in the world are you? That demon said to them, I don't recognize your authority. I don't recognize your position in the spiritual realm. Listen, friends, if you want to have authority in the spirit, you must first be under the authority of God. And you must be under the authority of God every day of your life. How do I do that? By walking in obedience to God. When you walk in obedience to God, when I walk in obedience to God, we are showing God and the world that we are under his authority, that he is the ruler of our life, that his wish is our command, that his instruction is the command of our life. Oh, friend, there is no limit to the power that God will give to those who will simply obey him. No hay límite para aquel pueblo que Dios le pueda dar poder si ese pueblo es un pueblo obediente a Dios. I believe tonight I'm speaking to an obedient people. Yo creo esta noche que estoy hablando con un pueblo obediente, un pueblo que desea hacer la voluntad de Dios. I believe I'm speaking to a people that declares and, and wants to do the will of God. And that is your desire, friend. And, and so if you walk in obedience to God, God says, I will soon crush Satan under your feet. El Señor dice, si tú caminas en obediencia a mi palabra, yo pronto pondré a Satanás bajo de tus pies. Now I want to look at that word soon for a moment. Quiero ver esa palabra pronto un, un ratito. Because the word soon in the English to us means that in a, in a short period of time, uh, as of from right now, in a day or two, that would be soon. Uh, si, si yo estoy pensando la palabra pronto en sentido de estos días, yo pienso, bueno, esto va a pasar pronto en unos dos o tres días. But uh, what it means in this context is that in every situation, in every attack, lo que significa en este contexto es que en cada ataque, en cada situación, si usted está caminando con Dios, El Señor pronto, en esa situación, en ese momento, pronto pondrá a Satanás bajo de sus pies. He is saying, if you're walking daily in obedience with God, then you will see Satan put quickly under your feet. Say amen, somebody. Because you see, it shouldn't take a, 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 a year for you to get victory over the devil. Say amen, somebody. It shouldn't take a week for you to get victory over the devil. Say amen, somebody. It doesn't take a minute for you to get victory over the devil. Say amen, somebody. If you're walking with God, if you're walking in obedience to God, then the moment Satan attacks, that same moment God puts him under your feet and you already have victory over the devil. Say amen, somebody. You have victory because of the name of Jesus and the authority of God over your life. And so God says, I'll give you victory quickly. I'll give you victory in every circumstance, in every setting of your life, if you're walking in obedience to my word. Dios dice, yo pondré Satanás pronto bajo tus pies si estás caminando en obediencia a mi palabra. I heard a story about a lady. She came to her pastor. She said, oh, pastor, pray for me. The devil's been chasing me around all week long. Esta mujer vino al pastor y dijo, pastor, Ore por mí porque el diablo me ha tenido corriendo toda la semana. Ever feel like that? ¿Cuántos se han sentido así como que el diablo los tiene correteando toda la semana? All week long you're just responding to the enemy's attacks. 
friend, that pastor said, sister, why don't you turn around and chase him for a change. El pastor le dijo, hermana, ¿por qué no se da la vuelta y lo pone a él a correr? Esa es la autoridad que Dios le ha dado a usted. That is the authority, friend, that God has given to you. Stop being chased around by the devil and you take authority in Jesus' name. And if you're walking in obedience to God, you're going to have the authority to do that and to see the glorious power of God in your life. So Paul says, your obedience is well known. And because of this, God will quickly put the devil under your feet. Now I want to get to number three. And that is simply this. That in order to walk with Satan under your feet on a daily basis, number one, you need to know who Jesus is and what he's done uh, to the devil. Number two, you need to know that obedience to God is what gives you authority over the devil. And number three, you need to recognize that Satan's tactics are always going to be the same. Satanás siempre usa la misma táctica. What is his tactic? Jesus said that he was a liar from the beginning. Jesús nos dijo, Satanás fue mentiroso desde el principio. So here's a little trick. If the devil is moving his mouth, guess what? He's lying. Si Satanás está moviendo la boca, él está mintiendo. You don't have to ever once question whether or not what he is saying is the truth. But you need to learn to discern the voice of God and the voice of the deceiver. Usted tiene que aprender a discernir entre la voz de Dios y la voz del engañador. Because the deceiver will come. And just like he did with Eve, he will take a little bit of God's word. And add a little bit of error. El Satanás toma un poco de la palabra de Dios y le mete un poco de la mentira. Y comienza a confundir. He begins to confuse. So you need, number three, to understand how to discern the voice of the deceiver. Usted tiene que aprender a discernir la voz del engañador. The best way to discern the voice of the deceiver is to listen to the voice of God. La primera y mejor forma para discernir la voz del engañador es de conocer la voz de Dios. Jesus said this. He said, my sheep know my voice. How many of you are his sheep? Then you can know his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Listen, if you are listening to the voice of God, you will know the voice of the devil when you hear it. Si usted conoce la voz de Dios, usted va a conocer la voz del diablo cuando usted la escuche. Cuando usted escuche uh, la, la, la verdad y cuando usted conozca la verdad, la mentira no va a ser difícil para oír y para entender. When you learn the truth and you study the truth and you know the truth, you know the word of God, you know the promises of God. You start to learn the voice of God. Friend, it won't take you long to learn the voice of the deceiver. Because every time that the deceiver speaks, he will be contrary to the voice of God. And so you will be able to recognize this is not the voice of God. This is the voice of the deceiver in my life. Let me give you a few questions that you can ask. When you hear the voice of, uh, 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 of the enemy in your life, when you feel like, I don't know whether this is God or not, let me ask you these questions. Number one, does it bring fear into your life? If it brings fear into your life, it is not the voice of God. 
It's the voice of the deceiver. Number two, does it produce shame in your life? Does it make you feel embarrassed or ashamed about your past? I guarantee you, friend, that's the voice of the enemy. God will convict you, but Satan will bring back your, your pain and your shame in order to embarrass you and in order to make you weak. Number three, does this produce confusion in your life? The voice of the deceiver always produces confusion. It makes you wonder, what, what do I do? Was this God? Wasn't it God? You need to know that is the enemy's voice. Number four, the voice that this voice produces hatred toward other people. The voice of the deceiver always makes you want to hate somebody or hate something. It makes you want to turn your heart against certain people. Listen, friends, I know there may have been people that wronged you. There may have been people that lied about you. There may have been people that scorned you. There may have been people that stole from you or that robbed you. But, friends, if you feel that you hear a voice telling you to hate them, to take revenge against them, it's not the voice of God. It is the voice of the deceiver. Because the voice of God will tell you to forgive. The voice of God will tell you to love. The voice of God will tell you to bless. Amen, somebody. The voice of God and the voice of the deceiver produce very different fruit in your life. The last question, does this rob me of my peace or my freedom? La última pregunta es, si esta voz me roba mi paz o mi libertad. Listen, friend, if the voice of the enemy is in your life, you won't have peace. It'll take your peace and it'll take your freedom. You'll start to feel afraid. And you'll know, you'll know because I've, we've all heard this voice. Have you ever had a thought? You're just having a perfectly good day. And then suddenly you had a thought. And all of a sudden that thought made you feel afraid. It made you feel like a failure. It made you cower. It made you wonder whether God loved you at all. And all of a sudden you're under this dark cloud over your life and you wonder where did this come from and a lot of people don't know how to get out from under that cloud satan comes with just a little lie and if you entertain it in your mind he will bring you into that place of of darkness he'll bring you into that place where you have no peace and you have no freedom that's when you need to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. That's when you need to stand in the authority that Christ has given you as a believer and recognize that if the devil is speaking into your life, that you can tell him, devil, be quiet in Jesus' name. You have no power in my life, no authority in my life, and you come against him in that authority, and when you do so, the Bible says he has to flee from you. Say amen, somebody. That is God's promise for your life this evening you and I have this certain promise from God God will soon crush Satan under your feet now notice what it says there it says the God of peace what does that mean that means that when God speaks instead of fear he produces faith instead of shame he produces a sense of grace and forgiveness in state of confusion, God gives you direction. Instead of hatred, God's voice produces love in your life. And instead of, of a turmoil and bondage, the voice of God produces peace and freedom in your life. Think about that. There are such different fruit that come from these two voices. 
And you have to learn to recognize them and walk with Satan under your feet. Because when you do, you will have faith instead of fear. You will have grace instead of shame. You will have direction instead of confusion. Love instead of, of hate and peace and freedom instead and in, in place of bondage and turmoil. That's God's promise for you. God has assured that for you 2,000 years ago. Even long before you were born, this was already true for your life. But I can't make it true for you. You have to stand in this truth. You have to stand in this authority. Now, that, that is not something you can do by going to the Christian bookstore and getting a t-shirt that says, Not Today, Satan. All right? That's a great slogan if you know what I've just taught tonight. But the devil beat up on you wearing that t-shirt if you don't know what I've taught you tonight. It's not just having a, a coffee mug that says, not today, Satan. You've got to know what Jesus has done on the cross. And you have to stand in your obedience of faith toward God. And when you do that, you're standing in the authority of God. You realize I have the voice of God in my life. I have the Holy Spirit in my life. I can discern the voice of the deceiver. And I can tell him to be quiet. I can tell him to go away. And when you do that, you stand in the authority of the name of Jesus. You'll discover that every day you're walking in victory over the, the devil. You're walking in victory over the schemes of the evil one. Listen, friends, you belong to Christ. Say amen if you belong to Christ. If you belong to Christ, Satan can't inhabit your life. And so what he'll do is he'll say, you know what? I can't live inside of them, but I'm going to live around them. And I'm going to pester them. And I'm going to bind them and oppress them so that they can't lift up their head. So that they can't have a decent day. So that they're always waking up discouraged. So that they're always feeling like, like everything wrong is always happening in their life. And friend, you have the power to turn that around today. And so tomorrow morning, when you wake up, tomorrow morning when you stir in your bed, tomorrow morning when you decide it's time to get up, it should be the devil that's running out of your life and saying, I don't want to mess with this guy. I don't want to mess with that girl. She belongs to Christ. He belongs to Christ. And he knows it. Come on, somebody. If you belong to Christ and you know it, shout amen in the house of God. Now, I want us to stand together. And I want us to take, I want us to come into this altar. And I want us to take authority in Jesus' name. Against every power of the devil that has been raised up against you. Pastor Isaac, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. Because you belong to Christ. And if you belong to Christ, you have authority in your life. So I want you to come into this altar. And I want you to take your authority in Jesus' name. And if you say, Pastor, I haven't been obeying God. I haven't been walking in the fear of God. Then it's time to repent. It's time to come under the authority of God. But this is a day for freedom. This is a day for deliverance. This is a day for peace. Peace in your marriage. Peace in your home. Peace in your mind. Peace in your health. I come against every spirit of infirmity in Jesus' name. I declare sickness. The blood of Jesus is against you. And healing belongs to the body of Christ. Almighty God, I come against thoughts, discouraging thoughts, 
fears and anxieties that plague the mind of the believer. I commanded to loose them and let them go in Jesus' name.